Welcome on to The Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams, and here we are. The 16 drivers are now set for the NASCAR playoff. Bubba Wallace grabbing that last playoff spot last weekend at Darlington. I had the chance to go down to NASCAR Media Day earlier this week and talk to the 16 drivers, all 16 of them that are in the playoffs. Really interesting to kind of read the body language, read uh, the vibe that you're getting off of the drivers. Um, everybody's confident, right? You wouldn't get to this point unless you thought you were good enough to win it all. But it's just really interesting, like the different dispositions of people um, and how they carry over into how they handle themselves this week. Uh, a guy that probably is pretty darn happy <laughs> to be where he is, is Martin Turex Jr. He's the regular season points champion after missing the playoffs a season ago. So I asked Martin how much did that missing the playoffs last year motivate him this year? 100%. I think, you know, we left Phoenix and went straight to work for this year. And, um, you know, what a difference a year makes. So uh, just a great job in the offseason by my team, by everybody at Toyota, JGR, just as a whole of getting our arms around the next-gen car. And, you know, for us, I think just them figuring out what I need and starting to dial in and, and figure that out and um, you know to be able to do what we've done this year has been amazing so huge turnaround and it feels like old days again you know last year was uh, a huge struggle at times and this year has just felt normal so it's been fun. Tied with Martin as the top seed in the playoffs is William Byron he has five wins on the season and William talked about this really being a breakout season for him. I think it's been a lot of little details that that add up to you know a big difference I think for us, it's just it's just more of the same. I feel like we've built a really good team, um, and I think we just focus on the details. And I, I feel like our process this year has been better than than years past, and and how we prepare for races and and how it how it we start weekends is is really strong. So I think we could stand to improve at certain tracks and improve throughout the race is always something that we're trying to to get better at. But um, yeah, we're doing a good job. At the other end of the spectrum is probably Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I know Ricky has a win, but he's one guy that nobody has getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Like, everybody thinks that he's not going to advance. So I asked Ricky, you know, what's the goal here? What are you guys trying to accomplish in the playoffs? I think, you know, what we've been able to do at JTG Doherty Racing this season is um, has been well above um you know probably what people thought we were going to be able to do which which is good um you know we had a lot of confidence this off season um you know with with everything that we've done uh and prepared with um you know we we set marks and set goals to accomplish and we did that and and that put us in the playoffs and so obviously Going out and winning Daytona 500 was, uh, you know, one of those keys to success, right? I felt like it helped us kind of relax throughout the rest of the season and, and, you know, just be a little bit more comfortable. But all in all, um, just super proud of, of what our guys have been able to accomplish. All right. So coming up in the rest of this show, Chris is going to join us here in just a second. As always, we're going to talk about the 16 drivers of the playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about Kurt Busch's retirement because we didn't get a chance to talk with Chris about that last week uh, because it was announced obviously over the weekend uh, and then we're going to preview the race at Darlington what a tough way to start the playoffs so that'll be fun our guest is Kyle Larson former champion in the sport he obviously is very good at Darlington 
He's one of the guys that a lot of people think can make it to the championship four. So it was great to talk to Kyle just about the playoffs and, and what's ahead for him and his team. So I'll stop talking and let these guys go. Joining us, as always, is our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who is also the crew chief of the number 75 Food Country Truck in the Craftsman Truck Series. The race at Daytona was certainly filled with Ooh. drama, and RFK Ooh. announced themselves as a player in the postseason. So how would you handicap the playoffs, and is Chris Buescher one of the favorites now? Heather, I think I think absolutely he has to be because man, I, that that old momentum, you know, is is key in this type of situation. Now everybody, it just it just lifts everybody up on that team. And now let's don't forget his teammate, part owner Brad Keselowski, has run well also this year. He's won a race. He's in there, and and like it's going to be the whole company that are going to be ripping and roaring, ready to go to a place like Darlington, which he's very good at. So is Brad. Uh, man, uh, Talladega, not too far down the road. They're both really good plate racers. They have a strong team. They've done an excellent job. I, my congratulations. I know a few guys that work there. I'm happy for them. Uh, yes, they are real. And you're going to have to watch them, and everybody's going to have to deal with them. So, yes. A frightening accident in the race mm. involving Ryan Priest. Chris, tell me a little bit about how a wreck like this happens and also talk about how far we've come safety-wise. Well, first of all, you know, when, when you, it, it was an abrupt from going straight down the back straightaway, a, a hit, a light hit, didn't take much, but a light hit with him going left and it just turned him completely. Now he's sliding across that. He goes through the grass and transition from, tra from, from grass to asphalt with some of the road course stuff and the inner, the inner parts of that infield. And it just, it just made it lift the car. When it lifted that car like that, it just, here it went. It was mayhem going. Uh, you know, I think they counted, I, I thought I counted 11, uh, if you call it pirouettes, it's a big word for me, but uh, tossing and turning and, you know, the, the, I'm glad because the safety of the, of the seat, the belts, the inner structure, this was not really a head-on impact or a rear impact, this was going over, over and landing uh, I think three times and going over more and all of his the inner structure that holds that driver tight from these type situations kept his arms and legs from going I, I don't think he had any injuries there man good good job good job by the, the people everybody involved in building that car and, and also the safety the the safety parameters that we're following that's a check mark for this thing and maybe maybe that'll give the drivers some some more confidence as we go along to say okay that was pretty violent and he's fine so good for that that's that's the positive part of that yeah for sure yep Kurt Busch officially retired over the weekend after his doctor told him he probably would never get back to 100 percent He's a clear future Hall of Famer, but what will his legacy be on the sport? Uh, Heather, I think he was, you know, Kurt's a little bit of a, a lot of people would say a little bit of a revolutionary, He or I'm not sure that's a good word. Uh, I can tell you what, I was at Penske Racing, I met Kurt, I never worked with him, but I was around him a lot, and the times that I was there and after, Kurt was always a good friend to me, a good, like a, a, a good 
peer. You know, I could go to him for a little bit of help or just simply walk by and say hello. He's a good dude, and I know that he, he had some anger issues and so on and so forth, but one thing about it, and I saw this on the racetrack several times, when Kurt was 100% focused and he had the car under him that he wanted, and he was, he, he was like dead on, like blinders, nobody, nobody, could, not even his brother, could outdrive him. Now, he, he was a machine and keeping him focused and everything was a big part of what, what everybody went through. But him having to retire at this point, I know earlier than he wanted to be, yes, he is a Hall of Famer, there's no doubt about that. But it makes me sad that he's, that, you know, I'm glad that he's okay and he's gonna go on and, and, and enjoy the rest of life. But I know how much he enjoyed driving race cars and that's what he was born to do. So um, makes me a little bit sad that he's, you know, kind of can't do it no more, being told that he can't. But he's had a great career, and yes, you're right. He needs. To, he will be in the Hall of Fame. I think every organization that he was in, whether it was Penske, Furniture Row, uh, 2311, Stuart yeah. Haas, he made better. He absolutely. You're absolutely right. Kurt Busch drove various uh, times, you know, of different length of times for some of those. But even when he just drove one year. He, he, he made the team better. He made people of that team better. And, you know, the fact that everybody knew this guy, this guy can drive. So now we need to step up our game and make sure we give him uh, a gun that'll shoot. And uh, I, I'm, you're exactly right. He, he, he lifted teams up around him when he drove there. And let's talk about this week's race at the Lady in Black. They call it the track too tough to tame. And there's a reason why. Talk about the challenge of Darlington. Oh, the, 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 listen, this racetrack has, has earned every name, some that we can't <laughs> say right now. Right. It has earned every name that it's been called down through the years. Um, Darlington is one that I think is irreplaceable and not uh, replicable, okay? Um, it, it was built back in the 50s. It's a mile and three-eighths. It was supposed to be a mile and a half. They wanted it to, but they had the narrow one turn, which is now turn three and four now because of a, a pond or something that was ecological. They had to build around it. So, and it's, the, the thing is, it's very narrow by standards, very, very narrow all the way around the racetrack. Um, there's not a whole lot of banking. And then the asphalt eats away your Goodyear tires. Everything gets slick. 10 laps into the run, you're two seconds off your, your fresh tire uh, pace. So these guys know this. Don't think that everybody that's going there this week, every driver is, is thinking about Darlington all the time, and, and they'll, they'll probably have some nightmares, but also, they're, they're going to look at it and they're, they're going to like, okay, I hope, I hope I have a good car this weekend because I love this. You know, the drivers, it's a lot of fun for them. It challenges them. And guys on this level love that. They think, hey, I can, I can be better at this challenge than anybody else. It's hard on the crew chief, I can tell you that, because you're trying to plan into, okay, what happens when all the tires go away? What's the balance of my car going to be? What's the, what's the amount of grip I'm going to have? And what's going to be my strategy? There'll be some long green runs. Crew chiefs will be scratching their heads and pulling what little bit of hair they got left out because it's like, when do I pit? When's it going to work out? So there will be some strategy to it. It's a driver's racetrack. 
sometimes it's a crew chief's nightmare, but whoever comes away with that trophy is going to be walking like this with their <laughs> chest stuck out a lot, and and it, and they deserve it. So first first uh, you know first round of the first race of the first round of the playoffs, man, it starts, and uh, it, it's it's not this race is not going to disappoint. So um, I love it racing down there. It's it's great. I always have and. It's, you know, everybody says you can't get more old school than this. So anyway, be a good race. So I'm just curious from the standpoint of somebody who uh, was already locked into the playoffs was, was Daytona stressful? Cause it seemed like it was a stressful race. Anyway, there was a lot going on in that race. Um, no, I mean, well, I, it wasn't too stressful for, for me, I guess, you know, I guess, if anything, you know, I was a little bit stressed, you know, trying to just do what I could to help, you know, my teammates that uh, weren't locked into the playoffs. So, you know, I was trying to just, you know, find either Chase or Alex and and get to working with them and then also not uh, not crashing them, you know, in the, in the process of pushing them. So um, that was the only real stressful part for me. You know, I ended up spinning during uh, the big one off of turn four and getting flat tires. So I went to couple laps down because I was stuck on the racetrack and um, from then on it was just like all right let's see what we can do to to help the teammates out and um, was going was going good you know was was pushing chase there and um, unfortunately though you know when that the the Ryan Priest accident happened you know I was laps down so then for the green white checkered I had to restart in the back and kind of you know wasn't able to to be up there to help but um, yeah super speedways are always stressful but to me, that one felt a little bit less stressful than uh, than the normal. How hard is it to like go find your teammate on the super speedway? Because I feel like commentators and fans make it seem like it's pretty easy, but I'm guessing it's not as easy as it sounds to find them and push them <clears throat> and help them. Yeah, it's it's not. You know, it's not as easy as it as it sounds. I think there's some teams that do do a good job of it at it, but um, you're there. I mean, when you're say you're in the bottom lane, for instance, like you're boxed in, it's hard to 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 move up and and go, you know, get moving forward to go find your teammates or get to the lead. Um, so yeah, it's it's difficult, but uh, like I said, there's some teams that do do a good job at it. You know, Gibbs team, uh, Penske. Roush, which they only have two cars, but, uh, you know, they seem to do a really good job at it. Uh, now the playoffs start. Uh, is it any different for you only having one team teammate as opposed to three? I mean, I feel like Hendrick always has so many teams in there. Does it change the strategy or is it still just exactly the same? Well, you know, I, I would love to have all of my teammates in the playoffs to give us to give Rick a, a better opportunity to win another championship. But at the same point, I think, you know, for William and I, it could be, could be a little bit better, you know, cause they can kind of cut us some more breaks, you know, if we're racing around them, stuff like that, just little things, you know, that they can, you know, cut us some breaks on. Um, but Chase, you know, he is, he is in on the owner points side of things um, in the playoffs. So that's really the most important um piece of, of the playoffs is being in the owners um you know that's where all the the money's paid out so you know he'll be he'll be racing really hard to do the best job for his team and um and all that so um but yeah I wish we could have gotten all four of us in for sure when folks look at the playoffs you know you look at it round by round and it's like oh this is <clears throat> good we can win there or whatever especially fans 
Um, I'm just curious, having done this and done it successfully because it's so hard to do, does it give you confidence going into the playoffs to know that you can manipulate these these three rounds and, and the final four? Yeah, I mean, I think what gives me confidence is that really all of these tracks, I feel like, are some of our best tracks on the schedule, um, you know, especially the first round, uh, Darlington, Kansas, Bristol. Those are like three of my definitely my best tracks, you know, with lap sled and, and you have know, been able to win at Bristol and Kansas been really close to Darlington in the past, you know, this, this year, earlier this year, we were really good. So I see a lot of opportunity for us in those first three races. The second round, I think is sketchy for, for everyone, you know, with Talladega being in there, but um, you know, Texas is a track that we should run well at, you know, super speedways, anything can happen. Um, and then the Roval, you know, I think we, we are, a we do a really good job on road courses. So um, there's good opportunity that round, you know, even the third round, um, which is, oh, Vegas, I think Homestead and, and Martinsville, you know, Vegas is a great track. We almost won that race earlier this year. Homestead's definitely my best track on, on the circuit. And then Martinsville, we won you know, earlier this year. So it shapes up really well for us as long as we can you know, keep advancing through the rounds, but um, it's so tough. It's hard to predict. It's uh, a lot of craziness happens, especially as you get deeper into the playoffs. So um, I'm excited for the opportunity, though. It should be uh, should be a great time. So is that second round the toughest one just because of the tracks in it? Yeah, I, th I think so. You know, with um, really all three of those tracks can get uh, can get crazy. Even even Texas, you know, is, is probably the calmest of the three. But um, for me, I, I've blown a lot of tires there. I've gotten caught up in wrecks and, and I've also had some great runs as well. So. I look at that. I look at Texas as hopefully, you know, one you can get a win right away and not have to stress about the next two. But, you know, Talladega is uh, Talladega is Talladega. Um, I haven't had great success on super speedways, but I also know that I can go there and, and get a good finish in, you know, just if you can avoid some wrecks. Um, and then the Roval, you know, is uh, road courses are, are intense. So, um, yeah, that second round is, is nerve wracking for sure. So for my final thought, let's break down the playoffs let's let's talk about the champions contenders the uh the comers and goers first of all i think it's fascinating that joey logano is on zero people's bingo card the defending champ and i don't even think a lot of people have him getting to the championship four of course joey was under the radar last year too he was certainly not the favorite going into the postseason and he's that kind of a crafty driver back to back is really tough and though the playoffs and though the Fords have picked it up here, headed into the playoffs, I'm not sure that he's the best Ford right now. Uh, I think that's clearly Christopher Busher, um, which, man, since we're on the subject, who saw that coming? I love Chris. I, I've been talking to Chris for years, and he's, he's, he's one of the more personable guys in the garage, always smiling. Um, but, man... I certainly didn't see that coming, and I'm happy for Christopher. I'm happy for Brad and what they've been able to accomplish at Rouse Fenway Keselowski Racing is pretty impressive this year. You know, you would have to say that maybe Chris Buescher, um and Truex and William Byron are the favorites. Denny Hamlin has an interesting swagger going into this postseason. And I know a lot of people are like, Denny, Denny's not going to win. Denny never wins. He's the best driver that's never won. He's, he's, 
in the sport right now. He's Mark Martin point two, whatever. Um, I think he's going to grab one before it's all said and done. Uh, we'll see if this is the year for him. Uh, I think he's definitely a guy you got to keep your eye on. Obviously, we talked to Kyle Larson. I know everybody wants to walk off from Harvick. I'm just not sure that Stuart Haas has it in him, which is kind of disappointing, but that, that organization has really struggled this year. Kevin's just so darn good. He's been able to overcome a lot of that, but I'm just not sure that they have the horses, pun intended, behind them to get Kevin to the championship. For me in this first round, the most interesting guy is Bubba Wallace because this first round sets up like butter for Bubba. Darlington. Top 10 is the last two times we've been in Darlington. He's, he's pretty darn good at Darlington. Kansas. Oh, wait, did he win there last year in the playoffs? Yeah, I think he did. And Bristol. I know he hasn't had a ton of success on the Cup Series level at Bristol, but he's very good at Bristol. In the lower series, he is really, really good. So these are three really good tracks for Bubba. He's far enough back that I think he probably needs to win, but not necessarily because those bottom four are so bunched up together that he might be able to jump enough of those guys, especially if some of them have problems with good runs in all three tracks that he could sneak into the top 12 in this round. So that's my wild card to look out for. Cause I think even though he's the last seed in the playoffs, I think, I think this is an interesting round for him. Thanks for joining us on the backstretch. We'll see you next week.